something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news from the wild and funny to the deep and hidden to the absolutely ridiculous. Hey y'all, I'm Bill Worley, an Atlanta-based filmmaker. I'm a comedian, and recently I've been enjoying walks with my dog Susan, uh, some bike rides, and I've seen some pretty decent rainbows. It's been a good week. Thanks, Atlanta. You know, Bill, I want to hop off of that weather comment you made. Uh, Well, first I'll introduce myself. Hey everyone, my name's Mark. (laughs) Uh, I'm an Atlanta-based comedian, and you know, we've been having some summer showers. Bill, you had talked about how it was raining where... Uh, a little earlier for you. It was raining a little earlier for me, actually, as well. And I'm, man, I hope I'm looking forward to a nice, nice nap at some point. Nice. You know? Uh, yeah, good. yeah. So, everyone, today is a weekly roundup episode. So, that means we're going to be discussing headlines that caught our eye recently. And today is extra special because we are joined by a dear guest, Magid Rushdie, everybody. He's Ooh. a hilarious actor and comedian. And we're so lucky to have him here today. Maggot, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, sincerely. thank you so much for having me. Um, I I was talking to Bill uh, last weekend and kind of, I was like, I listened to the show, which is, uh, it's like on my regular uh, <laughs> kind of rotation of podcasts. And um, I think that sort of ignited the idea to have me on the show because I was like, you know, passive, not passive aggressive, like passive polite <laughs> about, you know, hey, I really like the show, but my eyes were really big. Like, does that remind you of, of having like any, what are the guests coming up? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you got uh, next? You got any space? Oh, it's yeah. so, it's, uh, it's amazing that you're a listener. And yeah, I mean, my brain yeah, instantly man. went to, oh, I got to get him on the show. Um, so Absolutely. thank you so much for listening. 
I've I've been on a handful yeah. of podcasts, and it's always the same thing. Like my friends do podcasts, and I just say, "Hey, I listened to your show," and then they're like, "Oh, <laughs> I should have you on." And that's great, incredibly effective. Yeah, man. Well, Agat, you are our esteemed guest today, and so we want to do what we do with each of our guests, which is a segment called "Giving Them Their Flowers." So this is a moment where we're just going to give you a, a round of compliments. You know, uh, so Maggot, I'll I'll start the thing that. I really appreciate about you is your ability to make me uh, laugh both on stage and off. Uh, I think you're great at all kinds of humor, but man, your dry humor is just the best. Uh, it's just like you, you have a great ability to just be like very dry with someone and, and either with me or observing you with other people. Like you'll just say something like as if you're completely serious and you're joking. And it's that moment where people can't tell uh, that brings me brings me a lot of joy uh and i really appreciate that about you mm, thanks mark i you're yeah. highly esteemed in my heart as well oh thanks man thanks, i love the stuff that you do with your daughter river it's super funny i remember when i yeah. first was seeing that stuff like this is incredible uh the best dad ever um yeah. and you're an amazing improviser you're always wonderful to just talk to and very open. And I got to see you, you hosted a show the other day for dads. And, you know, I think not only are you an amazing improviser, I think a host is such an important part of a show and an underappreciated and super important part. And you were so charming and funny and did such a good job of like keeping the show going while making fun comments about the scenes without throwing anybody on the bus <laughs> and all that. It's, it's a balancing act and you, you did it. Uh, very very well, and so excited to have you on. And also your your uh, uh, comment that got you on the other day. That's uh, kudos. <laughs> so kudos well, a well placed uh, compliment. Can yeah. can just uh, for any other listener out there, just tell Bill that you wanna that you enjoy listening to the show, and you can be on it. <laughs> Next up, shoot us an email. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to ridiculous news nibbles. So. Uh, listeners, Maga, this is a part where we're just going to break down some quick headlines that popped up recently. And so I'd love to kick things off with the headline about Cracker Barrel. So they started serving these plant-based sausages, and there have been critics of it saying that making the plant-based option is like too woke, right? So uh, there's one person that commented about Cracker Barrel now carrying plant-based sausages saying, I just lost respect for a once great Tennessee company. Uh, another comment said, not going to happen. Cracker Barrel used to be so good. We look forward to eating in them, but not anymore. Uh, while another person wrote, bad choice. Uh, <laughs> others expressed skepticism that the product would taste good. And several commenters decried the, quote, woke addition to the menu. And so uh, recently, Cracker Barrel responded to the controversy on Instagram, posting a picture with the plant-based sausage and pork-based sausage together, saying, where pork-based and plant-based sausage lovers can breakfast all day in harmony, the caption read. And I thought that this was a fun story because I actually reread the story closely to make sure, like, okay, did they replace pork-based sausage entirely? And it's like, no, the same sausage you, you yeah. could before. Nothing really changed. They just added an option. No one's making you eat the plant-based sausage. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, oh no. my god! I like. I mean, it's woke. It's too woke. Have like what? what people will just get mad at anything nowadays. And I love ha what's wrong with having more options. And Cracker Barrel 
is already just an interesting spot to make it with, but I appreciate that Cracker Barrel is adding plant-based things to their options because there's some places you go and you don't have those options. Cracker Barrel has all like all that candy at the front of the store too, you know, like red <laughs> right. licorice is plant-based. It's not like completely <laughs> outside of the realm of the kind of stuff that they were doing anyway. Right. All those shirts out there, those are plant-based. Right, right. Yeah. You know, all those things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of curious, like, is this the only time that Cracker Barrel customers have gotten upset by additions to the menu? Because just out of curiosity, I went by their website just to look at other menu items to see, hey, is there anything on here that's like controversial or not just like traditional breakfast, you know? And I was, I mean, there's some pretty Stuff, pretty interesting stuff out there that you would think you know they'd be more upset about. Like for example, I saw stuffed cheesecake pancakes. Mm. Not gonna get mad mm. about like stuffed cheesecake man- pancakes or like mini confetti pancakes. You know, those don't draw the same amount of controversy. But in my opinion, that's that's just as wild as the plant. It's even more. It's like the extravagance of you know left leaning America putting cheesecakes inside of pancakes. Is, <laughs> I imagine you'd get more mad at that. <laughs> <laughs> back in my day, you had to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you had to go back and make your own pancakes at Cracker Barrel. Now we're putting cheesecake in it, and now everybody's going to get a trophy, yeah, you, you know, just because they win a cheesecake pancake. And no. I'll never go. Um, I, I also wonder, like, are you going to restaurants and just you're not going to eat at any restaurant if they serve one thing you don't like? Like, I don't. I don't eat like I'm not. I don't need a ton of shrimp, but I'll still go to like places that serve shrimp. That's woke right there. You're so, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's so absurd. It's like I think people just want to get angry nowadays at something, and they, you know, Cracker Barrel is an institution, maybe. Yeah, no, not really. But kind of. Uh, I like also. Mark, you wrote down that offensive things could be those new items or also salad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that. Uh, speaking yeah. of kind of offensive and strange things, this next article is about uh, the publisher Pearson, who is looking to turn its textbooks into NFTs as a way to get a cut of the secondhand sales market. So. Uh, if you were in college and went through, you would know that the textbooks have always been kind of expensive and a frustrating thing, especially on a college student's budget. And it's actually estimated that U.S. students spend between 628 bucks and $1,471 a year, looking at you, Harvard, on books and supplies, while textbook prices <laughs> increase by an average of 12% with each new edition. So, you know, when I was in college, I was always going to the used bookstore um that was kind of like the first thing uh so to think that these folks can now benefit from even digital copies is kind of insane it's wild to me that uh textbooks are looking for a way to make more money given how already expensive they are Right. And when you when you look at the editions when I was in college, you know, there'd be the you'd buy the new hundred dollar social studies book and there'd be like three new pages and then I, mm-hmm. I, I don't I, multiple times in college i thought i should just make textbooks like clearly yeah. this is a racket although i don't know if i went in if some guys show up to my like dorm room with a couple of bats we hear you try to get into the uh textbook business it's very uh very very family oriented 
Yeah. <laughs> and like math hasn't changed. It's there's like no new math. <laughs> it, by definition, it's been the same. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So the these these this new process, which means and I don't I don't know a whole lot about NFTs. We should do an episode on that, Mark, just to learn more. But basically it would yeah. allow Pearson to track digital books as they're transferred, and it's this from the article from owner A to owner B to owner C. Sounds like a, a language book. And that technology like blockchain and NFTs allows us to participate in every sale of that particular item as it goes through its life, which is just strange because I'm like, okay, if you if you stretch that out to other things, like just like books that you let friends borrow. Or, you know, back when video games were on actual DVDs or board games, like, when does it end? Are we now paying? Look, I'd like to play Monopoly with you, but I don't have $2.73 to throw down today. I, I can't afford the transfer fee yeah. for us yeah, to yeah. play together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it's, that's, a, that's a bummer for sure. Well, y'all, let's travel. Let's travel to Utah. All right. Uh, so this story is about a Utah man uh, was arrested on suspicion of starting a wildfire while trying to burn a spider with his lighter. Uh, so Corey Martin, 26, told police that he spotted the spider on while he was hiking in the area in the foothills south of Salt Lake City near the city of Springville. He acknowledged starting the fire, but did not explain why he was trying to burn the spider. Uh, and so there's no evidence that like he intentionally started, try to start this fire on purpose. Like, so it seems like it was an accident where they were going after a spider with their lighter for some reason. And, um, yeah. And in fact, there was a quote from Sergeant Spencer Cannon of Utah County Sheriff's department. And they said, what led him to stop and notice a spider and decide to try to burn it? We don't know. There may not be a why. He might not even know a why. And so Martin was arrested on suspicion of reckless burn and possession of marijuana and drug paraphernalia, court documents show. I feel like that story buried the lead on, like, what was going on without, uh, <laughs> like, because I was also confused until that last sentence. And then right. everything made sense to me. Yes, exactly. Some super stoned guy. Went out yeah. and said, you know what's fun? Burning spiders. <laughs> you know, old Corey Martin. You know, hey, someone, can you guys stop selling Corey the good stuff? Because clearly it's not a good idea. And, you know, I did he get the spider? That's also not part of the story. Mm -hmm. I it's, it's hard. To, I feel like a spider. I mean, I've never tried to burn a spider, but they are quick. You know, that's yeah. that's a that's an escaped spider in a destroyed forest, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like, too, if, and again, not to make light of this dangerous situation, but if so, I feel like Martin, Corey Martin, if he did successfully get the spider and you started wildfire, you, you'd say, like, <laughs> at least I got the spider. You would say something like that. You know what I mean? You wouldn't just be like, I was trying to yeah. get a spider. You either got it or you didn't. <laughs> yeah, anyway, to your point. But do you, and also, do you turn away. yourself in and then you have to tell the story? You know, because it's like, I don't, I mean, I'll give credit to Corey that he admitted that he was trying to burn a spider. And that's what started this horrific yeah. 
wildfire because seemingly no one else was there. He could have said, I was trying to smoke a bowl and I dropped it. You know, no, he was honest and maybe he was just right. scared because it was, no. the, you know, that Utah County Sheriff's Department must be intense. But I don't know that maybe, I would admit it. <laughs> maybe it was a plan, like the whole spider thing is a ruse. Just like the story, we really don't get to the weed and paraphernalia until the end because we're all so focused on the spider. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this this man may be a genius in that he's just trying to get people to ignore the fact that he started a wildfire. Yeah, so for future employers, when they Google his name, they'll think about spiders instead of yeah. him being high. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. With amazing and crazy topics of picking to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all. So for our main course today, 
we're going to be talking about uh, HBO Max as well as the Batgirl movie that has been canceled. All right. So we pulled this uh, from the Washington Post, thanks to our wonderful researcher, Casey. And so the article is Batgirl has been canceled. Here's what's been lost. All right. So Batgirl, the film, which was slated for release on HBO Max this year, would have featured rising star Leslie Grace in the titular role and Michael Keaton as Batman. Uh, filming was completed. All right. It's so this done. thing was shot. They finished it's this done, movie. Right? And, and yeah. it's done. And, and post, they were in post-production. So, you know, and according to several outlets, the movie will never see the light of day on a movie or even a telephone screen. And so when Batgirl was announced in 2021, it was intended to provide new superhero t- content for the HBO Max st- streaming service. However, now in the new regime of Warner Bros. Discovery, so there's a huge merger, uh, the company wants is DC superheroes starring only in blockbusters specifically made and financed for theatrical release. So despite a budget that reportedly jumped from 75 to 90 million, partially because of COVID delays, Batgirl was never intended for the big screen. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's part of the story is that like HBO Max getting restructured apparently and this movie being canceled. I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, being a, a Mark, we've worked on some stuff and I, I, as far as I know, there's only, I think one thing we got into post-production and we're like, no, we pulled, we pulled a discovery on it, <laughs> but that was, that was because it wasn't, we were just like, wasn't up to what we wanted to put out there. And sometimes we'll put out stuff that wasn't, it's not, they were like, maybe it won't go. And it still does, you know, but this was one where we're both kind of like, eh, nah. <laughs> um, and even that felt bad. So I can't imagine. And that's something we shot in like four hours. It's a silly, dumb sketch. So spending $90 not million. $90 million. <laughs> Right, right, and and these amazing, and also the cast was really diverse. You know, you had these great characters. Um, you know, obviously, we've had how many Batmans at this point, and I feel like zero Bat girls in an, in a film. I mean, the, um, they might have made it the animated world, but as far as I know, I don't I don't remember a Bat girl. Uh, um, Alicia Silverstone did play Bat girl. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. And, uh, was it? It wasn't Batman and Robin. Maybe it was Batman and Robin. It was. was that, you're right. Batman that one. I guess I have tried to format my Batman. memory. Um, <laughs> and no, no disrespect to her. I'm sure she was great in that role. I remember, you know, because that was the George Clooney nipple mm-hmm. bat suit. Yep. Version of Batman. Um, the standout and- star of that movie was Batman's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember I saw an Literally. interview. <laughs> Clooney at one point said, "He's like, I wish I could give everybody a dollar that saw that uh, because I'm sorry." And I'm like, "That's not enough money. What do you think movies cost, Clooney? <laughs> no. When was the last time you went to a movie?" Um, yeah. So, so Alicia Silverstone and I, I, I can. I mean, again, no disrespect to her, but I, I assume this Batgirl might have been a better <laughs> representation and more focused on Batgirl's origin story. I mean, it looked awesome, right? Like she had the purple suit, like the like the traditional comic suit, and I just I don't know how because DC has not been putting out great movies for years, and I wonder how 
bad this movie must have been. Yeah. Like, no way it was worse than Justice League. And that movie <laughs> got two cuts that I had to sit and watch. Right. Right. And I have to. I'm a comic yeah. book fan. Like, I have to watch these movies. Yeah. I may not pay for them, but I will watch them. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it seems like that's part of it, right? Is that, like, they want you to go pay for it in a theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to say, it. then to me, it's like, put that out in the theater, you know, like, or do like a same day release where it's like you put it out in the theaters and HBO max or, or something. Cause I mean, like you got yeah. Batgirl, you got Michael Keaton as Batman. I mean, that's enough for me to be super curious or want to go see that, you know? Uh, so very surprising to hear. And what's even more surprising guys, uh, we actually have some secret audio. You know, so this is a secret audio recording of Batman confronting uh, discovery leadership about the movie being canceled. So we'll go with that. Uh, that's right. right. <clears throat> Where is it? Where is it? Where's my theatrical uh, listen, release? Batman, uh, we Where just don't it? think it's going to make the right amount of money, and we're trying to save cash. The right amount of money? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I can't tell you who I am because that's a big part of what I'm about. But I got billions and billions of dollars. You need me to bankroll this? I will. It would have been an amazing movie. It would have been a fantastic. You have millions film. of dollars. Where like, is like, it? What are you like a Bruce Wayne? Like a like a like a Playboy? What? No, no. This it's not about that. It's not about me. This is HBO Max and it's streaming. It's streaming content. Look, the word's out on the street. Okay, I have my ears to the streets, and the word is out there. Okay, people love HBO Max content, and if you come through and you start screwing it up. You start removing things like Batgirl and all these other HBO Max originals. People are going to leave, all right? Because they know good when they have it. And HBO Max has the momentum. They have the good right now, all right? So y'all need to to get it together. You're waving your your bat flings around here. And... Ow, ow, Yeah, I got got bat flings. I got bat stars. I I got bat NFTs. You know what I'm saying? I got bat... I got bat, uh... Veg, uh, bat plant based. <laughs> that actually sounds really sausage. good. I've just quit eating meat. Would you mind sharing that instead of just the things you're throwing at us? Wait a second. Wait a second. You, you there in the corner. You haven't, you you ha- you haven't been uh, scared by my visage at all. I like that. Tell me who you are and why you're here in this room, and what is it that I'm connecting to uh, on you? I'm, I like your vibe. I'm just a an lot. intern. I was watching. Uh, I was watching some of your old movies on yeah. my cell phone. Yeah, I was, I I appreciate I appreciate that you still got the nipples on the suit, Mr. Man. Is it or is it can I just call you Bat? Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, call me Bats. Bats, it's uh it, it's an honor to meet you. It's just I my jaw's on the floor. Do you have a do you have a name, intern? Yes, it's uh uh Nick Napier. Nick <laughs> Nick Napier? Listen, I was a bad intern once and uh you know, you're, you're pretty special. You're pretty cool. Hey, here's my card, all right? So if you ever need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. The phone number on this is just top of Bat Tower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you just go up to the top of the Bat Tower. You just flick that switch, and I'll be there real soon. We'll talk, you know what I mean? I got some ideas. I got, like, some script ideas, both scripted and unscripted. Uh... I got some content, and I'd like for you to help me make it, maybe. Oh, um, it would be an honor, sir. Nick, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and, and go with them now? I mean, we're not we're not paying you a penny, and 
it, it, it seems like uh, this seems like a good match. I feel like yeah. this could be good potential movie fodder. And given uh, Discovery's... Hop in, Nick. Hop in the Batmobile. I'm, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in. Yeah, hop in the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah, great. We're, you just drove through the wall. We're going to go get some Zaxby's. That's going to be so expensive to fix. Yay! Yeah, Batman! Wow, y'all. That was... That was that was some audio. I, that I would was say wild. Like, uh, I, that was pretty wild. It it seems like I don't know if you had billions of dollars, you could be doing mm-hmm. more good in the world than punching bad guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's anything as a, there's no such thing as an ethical billionaire. <laughs> but I count Bruce Wayne up among them. Uh, Megan, that's a great. That's a great point. And, uh, you know, we also pulled another article from the Daily Beast, just kind of talking about just some of the things that have been going on with HBO Max recently. So, you know, there's been this merger. So HBO Max might have, well, it is going to have like a new look to it coming up. And um, so they're trying some cost cutting measures. Uh, So they're going to be letting licenses to certain acquisitions lapse. Uh, They might be removing content from streaming or canceling projects. If it deems it's no longer aligned with the mashed up brand or tweaked financial guidance that, you know, comes about of this merger. So we're in a wait and see period. Yeah, it it sucks. Cause I really liked HBO max for folks that have had it. I, it grew on me. It had a really deep library of like fun classic movies. Some of them made me feel old that they were considered classic movies, but they were great. You know, a lot of good, wonderful movies. I think I watched Alien on there. I watched True Romance, which is a great film that was on there. Um, and with this discovery thing, it's you know I, I really like narrative work and and those types of shows. But it looks like they're trying to do more unscripted uh, programming. I don't know about y'all, but like I enjoy. Uh, the narrative work, when I watch unscripted TV, I I always feel like it's a little shallow, but I will say it sucks me in and it scares me how much it sucks me in. I remember I went to uh, some grandparents' house and they were watching HGTV and I just really didn't care about these people trying to redo their bathroom and 10 minutes later, I was like, are they going to do the double vanity? Or are they going to do the single sink? And I'm like, I was like super vested. Like, I don't know. And Absolutely. stay tuned. And I watched all the commercials and I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it feels like the editors do such a good job just squeezing every moment of drama with different like audio stingers and ways that they do quick cuts. Um, and I don't know if that's good for society. Yeah, like a good like narrative story, like the things that people spend time talking about, like things like you know Stranger Things and Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. like those things they they get people thinking and talking. Uh, but even with you know unscripted TV, even when it sucks you in, you're not sharing that experience with anybody. Uh, you know, I'm not watching. Uh, alone and then saying like oh can you believe clay made it uh after he caught that deer like it's it's there's no (laughs) community to it it just sucks you in you watch it for hours and you're all alone watching it yeah i think there's definitely like a huge value to you know narrative-based stuff and you know the streaming services it adds up it can it can be expensive and so i feel that what i liked about HBO Max was the abundance of options, even if I don't 
necessarily watch all of them all the time. And, you know, I wanted to pose a question to y'all from our researcher, Casey, who asked, um, on average, how many shows or movies do you think you actually watch per streaming service, even though they offer hundreds of titles? And I think, you know, the question is interesting because it's like, you know, these streaming services, they can kind of only keep so much, you know, and, and I, and I guess that that's part of the balancing act as well. But I also just think it's an interesting question. Like, you know, how many shows or movies do you end up watching given that there's so many options out there? Not a lot for myself. And I think it's, you know, part of this is my life and the busyness of my life, I think a bit, but I don't watch a lot. You know, I definitely watch Stranger Things. There's, there's a couple like on HBO Max. I remember The Flight Attendant or Euphoria, um, you know, there's been a, a couple shows on there that I've watched, but it's definitely nowhere near. And if anything, I don't know about y'all, but it's, I kind of, my eyes get crossed when I'm flipping through stuff. I'll spend more time in the menus uh, and then <laughs> than watching things, it seems like sometimes. Yeah, I, I have mm-hmm. to figure out what I'm going to watch first and then go find it. I don't. Mm. I don't spend time in the menus. I I think like in the early days of Netflix, maybe we'd scroll through and try to find something to watch, but that's just not true anymore. Like, it's just, I know what I want to be watching. And kind of to what Bill was saying, like I'm watching maybe three or four shows a year on a streaming platform. Yeah, I'm a fan of uh, revisiting stuff, you know? Like, that's something that I like to do too, is I'll explore, I'll, I'll try to explore watching new shows, but I think, the main thing that will drive me to watch a new show that I didn't previously know about is like a recommendation from a friend being like, you got to check this out. And it's like, all right, cool. Otherwise, you know, I spend a decent amount of time just rewatching stuff that I think is cool. Like, for example, HBO Max has all the President's Men usually in that movie. Love rewatching that every now and again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, why not? I dig this movie, <laughs> you know. What do you think is the movie you've watched the most? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I, I know the answer to this now. question for me. It's uh, yeah. definitely Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Because I watched nice. it a lot as a kid. It's like only 73 minutes long. Uh, and then when River was younger, she got into it too. And if you watch movies with kids, it's usually that's the, mo- the movie you've seen the most. If you have a kid that likes a movie. Bills are one you've seen. You know, I when I worked at Big Brothers Big Sisters, I said this was not my choice. But that when the that's a it's a service where uh, kids come in and then they're matched yeah. with mentors, and so mm-hmm. a lot of times the kids would have siblings, or there'd be you know kids that would just have to wait while their sibling got matched, and they would come in to the back where we all worked. It was, you know, it's a nonprofit. There's not a lot of extra space. So we had a TV set up in the corner where everybody sat and worked. And we had a plethora of Disney movies and, and cartoons. And every time it was Toy Story. And the, the interviews didn't last very long. So the first 20 minutes of Toy Story, I've probably seen more than you've got friend and me. And it got to the point where we would just keep hiding the, the VHS to try and get some other film. Um, but I would say by choice, you know, I think it might be the Big Lebowski. Um, you know, that or Alien, which I know are not ex- exactly the same films, but yeah, probably Lebowski. I think one movie, there's other movies that I've seen more than this, but a movie that I've seen a lot that I feel like maybe not other people have seen 
a lot is the Sinbad movie First Kid, where <laughs> Sinbad, <laughs> he works for a White House Secret Service, and his goal is to be, you know, the security guard for the president. Like, that's what he wants. But then he gets assi- assigned the first kid, and the kid is like this spoiled brat, basically. But he's a spoiled brat because, you know, he's just in a tough, awkward phase of life. So Sinbad connects with this kid, and that's what it's about. And Sinbad's hilarious, but I've seen that movie a and, bunch of times. And then by the end of the movie, he doesn't want to be the Secret Service for the president anymore. He wants to stay with the first kid. So you've seen it, too. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, we're back and time for a little bit of dessert. This is an interesting story 
from the Germans over across the pond. Uh, Germany's Ruby Hotels, which has 16 properties across Europe, is now offering new recruits up to 500 pounds, which is the equivalent of $511, by the way. Love the love this current trade ratio over there. <laughs> to get a new tattoo, piercing, or haircut once they reach six months of employment. Um, it's been a little bit over a month. It started in June, and applications through the brand have already gone up 25%. And the hotel industry across Europe has struggled, you know, just I think like here in the U.S., they have a little bit of a downturn and, you know, it's tough with COVID and everything and getting back. So this has been really successful. Uh, The campaign's partly an attention grab, but it's to attract the kind of staff they want in their hotels. And they say that's team players who value character, soul and individuality, uh, the company wrote in a statement, which do you all have tattoos? Does either of y'all? I do. Um, I have a okay, little yeah. Legend of Zelda. I'm holding it up to the camera like the listeners can see it, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, the Legend of Zelda sword mm-hmm. right there. And honestly, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd noticed that before, Meg, but the second you held it up, I recognized it. Yeah. It's a very recognizable. And that's, is that from a link to the past? Um, it's from the first Legend of Zelda. He holds up the sword. It's the wooden sword uh, that the shopkeeper says. Uh, take this with you. It's dangerous to go alone. And it mm, reminds me that, nice. you know, sometimes it's okay to ask help. That's great. That's awesome. Well, I not only do I not have a t- tattoo, I don't have a, like a wonderful story. <laughs> a wonderful, encouraging story. Uh, Mark, you, you don't have any tattoos, right? I don't. I don't have any tattoos. Yeah. What yeah. if I uh, offered but, you $500? I'd get a tattoo. <laughs> Yeah. But the five hundred dollars is going to pay for the tattoo. Ah, so essentially, it's a free tattoo. Point, I do a free. I think I. I think I do a free tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Five hundred dollars wow, yeah. will give you a big tattoo. So like, that's that's the thing is that it's just like I don't know if I'd necessarily get a big tattoo per se, but it's like I feel like five hundred dollars would be a pretty high quality yeah. tattoo. I don't know a lot about tattoos, but I imagine mm-hmm. that'd be pretty. High. High quality, so I'd get a small one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Bill, what about yourself? I don't know. I'm not like needles. I'm bad at needles, and you know, my brother almost has sleeves. He's got lots of tattoos, and I've always been like, Bean, let's let's be brothers. You get a tattoo, I'll get the a matching tattoo, and it's just, you know, I think I still don't know if I would wimp out because of the whole needles and the bleeding. Um, but as we said, I'm sure there's listeners that have like tattoos all over their body. Like, what are these guys talking about? I'm super supportive. I love tattoos. I've dated a lot of people with tattoos. I think they're really cool and I respect the hell out of them. Um, I, I love art and there's some really amazing pieces of art people put on their body. Uh, just the, the needle thing is not for me. My dad used to say and uh, <laughs> a tattoo is a permanent reminder of a temporary feeling. And, uh, that always stuck with me too. I was like, oh, is there is it something I'm gonna like next year? Yeah. I don't know. I have a thing about tattoos. It's, it's something that I have to have liked for at least 10 years. Mm. Uh, so kind of the same boat. So it's not a temporary feeling. Uh it's you know I, I figured if I've liked something for a decade, I'm probably gonna like it for a little bit longer. Heck yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's just like the more I've learned about or the more tattoos I've seen, I guess is what I'm saying, the more I've been like, oh, this stuff is really cool. Whereas when I was a kid, let's say, I just wasn't really even where I figured it'd just be on your arm 
and it would just say like mom or you know what I'm saying or something like that you know what I mean it's like the span of what a tattoo could be or look like or represent was more limited and then as I've seen you know my friend's tattoos I'm just like oh yeah this is a cool really cool form of art yeah, I have a friend who's got the Where the Wild Things Are monsters from the oh, Marie yeah. Sendak book that are really well-colored and shaded crawling up his arm. And that's one of my all-time favorites. It looks really cool. That would be If I would got, got something, that might be it. But then I'd just be copying my friend Josh. <laughs> uh, I also like how it's well, $500 uh, for a tattoo or a piercing. And I can't imagine <laughs> what a $500 piercing would look like. <laughs> Yeah, piercings are normally what I mean. I haven't anything pierced, but I, what fifty bucks yeah, or something? It's like gotta that. be. So, so do you have to? It's like it's like you can't spend money on anything else. So do you go in and you're just um, I'm going to get a chain that attaches one ear yeah. to the all the way down to the other ear, down to the both nipples, that goes through uh, the cheeks, I, just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. a cheek chain, uh, and maybe you can use that to help floss yeah. if you can't find floss. I'm getting real deep into. <laughs> yeah, what was the third thing? Because it was uh, tattoos piercings or a haircut or haircut <laughs> right which Yo, I, I, yeah that'd be interesting a $500 haircut that'd be something especially for me and you Mark <laughs> guys I know. No <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. we all uh, we got one final story for today and I thought this one was really cool so uh, Emily Rowley was born with microgastria which is a limb reduction disorder uh, that, according to the National Institutes of Health, has less than 60 documented cases. So this is like a very rare disorder. But what's really cool about this person is they have a TikTok account and they've been going viral because they drive with their feet. I mean, they do all kinds of things with their feet, mm -hmm. but they drive with their feet. And I was watching this video of them driving with their feet. They're an excellent driver. Mm -hmm. They're super skilled. And it's just cool seeing how she does all these different things, whether it's like, you know, driving, uh, swimming, just like everyday uh, activities. Yeah. And yeah, and, it, and it's, it's, it's inspiring. It's cool. Yeah, it says she's assembled furniture, cooked scrambled eggs, removed and replaced her nose ring, exited a swimming pool, eaten with chopsticks, and painted her nails. Yeah, absolutely. And in addition to all these awesome things that she does, something that I really respected that she said is that an aspect she wants to reflect more in her videos, though, are the screw-ups and the struggles, mm. like dropping a bowl of blueberries or burning her foot on the waffle maker. And so she's been posting more bloopers. And to me, I thought that that was also just like a great form of vulnerability to share with people. Uh, also, bloopers are super funny. Like, that's one of my... <laughs> yeah, they're great. My favorite things to watch. And yeah. I, I'd love to book a role as like the guy that can't get something right in an infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I think you should totally do that role, and you would nail that role. Like, like I mean, that's the thing with everyone has camera phones and things nowadays too. So not just like bloopers, commercials. I feel like a lot of you know the when I go down a rabbit hole of reels or whatever it is, you know, flipping these thirty second videos. A lot of times it's someone just tripping and falling <laughs> or something kind of silly. You know, you know, hopefully they're not hurt. But it's like a thing that you can't really replicate. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened to be filmed. Like there's a lady trying to take her uh, uh, garbage back and she gets slammed by the, the garbage, the, the 
can. And you know what? It's terrible, but her, I assume, husband or whoever's filming is just laughing. <laughs> and so it makes you feel okay laughing. Uh, but yeah, this this is so cool. I feel like whenever people can do things with their toes, it's so mind-blowing to me because I think of, I, like, I, I can do barely anything with my toes. Are y'all, can y'all do any, like, can you pick up stuff with your toes or... A little bit, but not great. You know, I won't say that I'm super dexterous with my toes. No. I have I have pretty dexterous toes. Like I can Ooh. like pick up like if I'm getting out the shower and my towel is on the floor, I can pick up like a whole towel. Holy crap! That's that's pretty good, man. When's your TikTok channel coming? <laughs> I'm I'm weary about putting feet stuff online because uh, <laughs> I just I just know how that's gonna end. Although I mean, you know. Money is money. <laughs> so true. Get, get some tips from him. Well, you know, one of the things is in these videos, she's like Mark said, she's driving and she's excellent at driving. And there's people that were concerned and were posting stuff about, oh, we're concerned for her child's safety or kid's safety if they're in the car with her and all this crap. And, you know, you watch the video and you're like, how? Like, she is better at driving with just her feet than I think a lot, a lot of people are with yeah. four limbs. And I don't know about y'all, but I can remember driving. I, I used to have a five speed. And so I'm, you know, I got both feet working the clutch mm-hmm. and the gas and the brake. And then I'm still driving with no hands, trying to change out, you know, put in the new Soundgarden CD. <laughs> I'm drinking a Sprite, yeah. eating some checkers, you know, <laughs> trying to look at a map. And it was like, somehow my knee is doing this. And so, gosh, you know, like the hypocrites that are like, you can't drive with. Yeah, and it's interesting because they they see somebody with a disability and they feel like that disability extends to every aspect of life. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's true a lot of the time, even with well-intentioned people, is you just extend that to make it that person's uh, complete personality when they're people just like... Like, she could have ended up being a bad driver, but that could just... You know, some people are bad drivers. But she just happens to be a really good driver. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yeah. That's so true. It's it's not dependent on that. It's dependent on hey, is she uh, is she actually slowing down? And yeah. <laughs> there's so many other things that go into being a, a good, a bad or good like, driver. Have if y'all... she learned to drive in Orlando, that makes everyone a bad driver. Anyone who's come out of Orlando is an awful driver. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely true. It, uh, uh, I'd say that lovingly to all my cousins down there. Uh, you know, I think uh, the other thing, what was it? I, um, George Carlin, I believe, said, did you ever notice anyone going slower than you as an idiot and anyone going faster than you as a maniac? Uh, yeah. And I, I do feel like we're also... Um, we all think we're good drivers, but have y'all ever been in a car with someone and and they're just a maniac? I had a, I had a client one time who shall not be named and was driving around. And I don't know if it was because she was with a crew of guys, like film guys, and she wanted to show off. But everything was like, it was legit flooring it anytime the light turned green, taking corners as hard as they can. And it was just like, is this how you, what? Yeah, this is what? It's weird. If you think everyone's a bad driver, like there's only one common denominator in that situation. And that's you, the person driving the car. (laughs) So true. 
Awesome. Awesome. All right, y'all. So we're going to move on to our final segment for the day. This is called the Spring of Inspiring Inspirations. So this is when we pick an inspiring quote uh, that is supposed to end things on a high note. So somewhat references uh, the Cracker Barrel story we were talking about earlier. So people that maybe didn't want new things on the menu. So this quote is from Rita Wilson, and it is, be fearless in trying new things, whether they are physical, mental, or emotional, since being afraid can challenge you to go to the next level. Hey Amen. That's great advice. You know, eat that woke sausage. Yeah. Eat that woke weekend sausage. <laughs> you might like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And before we go, uh, Maggot, is, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, any way that people uh, can stay in touch with you? Anything that you want to share at all? Uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Anytime I'm on something like this, I always tell people that they can find me in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> So y'all look out for Maggot in the streets. If you see him, stop him and talk to him because it'll be a joy. It always is. And just like it's a joy for us to have you listening, we really appreciate it. And it means the world to us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yes, thank you. And you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com if you want to stay in touch that way. And on Facebook and IG, you can follow Ridiculous News. And you can check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy. Bye, y'all. See ya. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.